Welcome to Plantful Life. I'm your host, Stephanie Diane. This episode of Plantful Life is giving such good vibes, and I want you to join me in feeling your best. So I have a few resources for you to try. Inside Tracker is by far the best way I've found to gain insight on my health. Have you heard of Inside Tracker? Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition and performance system. It analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle habits and guides you with a customized plan to make improvements along the way. Inside Tracker's mission is to help people add healthy years to their lives and life to their years by guiding them on how to optimize their bodies from the inside out. Inside Tracker also has a special feature which can show you something other health tracking systems cannot do. It can show you your biological age. So are you curious now? Do you want to know if your diet and lifestyle and all of those vitamins you're taking are actually working? Do you want to know how you can age backwards like me and get younger instead of older? Use my special coupon code so you can get 20% off all Inside Tracker plans. Go to insidetracker.com and get 20% off using code PLANTFULL20. That's plant and then full, like full belly with two L's, 20. I use and love Life Fuel. Make real whole food plant-based nutritional shakes with Life Fuel. Life Fuel is the all-in-one nutritional solution you've been looking for. Plant-based whole food meals from nature, not chemicals. Their products contain nothing but real ingredients. No fillers, no synthetic vitamins, or sketchy additives. If you're searching for something to support you in getting proper plant-based nutrition, check out the episode with Chris Mandarino, CEO and founder of LifeFuel, to hear the full story. Go to lifefuel.com forward slash plantful for more information about Life Fuel. That's life spelled L-Y-F-E, fuel.com forward slash plantful. Now enjoy the episode. In this episode, I am sharing some personal experience and insight on a subject a lot of us are still trying to figure out. Menopause, hormone imbalances, weight gain, and what to do about it. It is Sunday morning here. I am sipping on my homemade matcha latte. I put in just a little bit of reishi tincture for that relaxing calm that I love so much. The birds are singing. The sun is out and it is absolutely beautiful outside my window here. I'm looking upon my garden. I'm growing some fruits and veggies and I've got strawberries that are just popping out and I've got herbs and cucumbers and mint and oregano and all kinds of delicious things. So I'm really excited to have my homegrown fruits and veggies and herbs happening 
This has actually been a little dream of mine to start my own at-home veggie garden and have all the fruits and, you know, particularly strawberries, I guess. I do have a, a lemon tree or two lemon trees. I have Meyer lemons. And I just love this moment. This moment is just one of my favorite moments to enjoy. Just a moment of calm by myself, sitting, looking outside of my garden. And I wanted to bring you into that moment. So I am sitting here trying to figure out this one thing, or it's not one thing, um, you know, because it never is. <laughs> Menopause is a complex thing. I've learned um, in my 10 years of being postmenopausal. And I was really excited in an earlier episode I had shared about my delight in losing weight after quitting sugar and also after menopause. And during that time, I was so excited because the early onset of menopause around age 41 had caused me to gain weight. Now, weight gain had never been an issue for me in the past. I um, had never really weighed myself or counted calories. Yes, I was one of those lucky people. But after a remarkably stressful time in my life and an early onset of menopause at 41, I gained about 25 to 30 pounds. Now, as I mentioned, I'm not one to step on a scale. I don't have one, but I like to go by how my clothes fit. Now, it doesn't help that I live in yoga pants, so that stretches. So I really didn't know that I was gaining weight. Now, each one of my babies after uh, giving birth, you know, of course you have pregnancy weight. So I had gained weight during the pregnancy, as you're supposed to, and that was fine. And we know that's a temporary thing. And as soon as the weight came off and I went back to my more balanced state, I was back in the usual size that I was in. Now I'm tall, I'm 5'9", and my comfort zone in clothing was a medium, size 6 to 8, and um, sometimes that would be 10 American sizes. So, you know, that was okay for me. I really um, don't have any body, you know, issues. I don't have body dysmorphia. I have always been very comfortable in my body. However, when I started to gain more weight, I do now have a newfound understanding of what it's like to be a little more concerned about how I fit my clothes and how I look, how I feel, how I feel is very important. So on a whim, I had decided to quit sugar, meaning anything the body interprets as sugar. So I wasn't a refined sugar eater. I didn't choose foods with refined sugars. So I thought that I was okay. I was out of that sugar window. But there are other things that the body interprets as sugar, such as maple syrup that I was dousing my vegan pancakes with, <laughs> lots of frozen bananas, my, pre, my pre-workout morning smoothie was packed with sugar, frozen bananas, fruits, vegan protein powder with hidden sugars, and of course, if I didn't make my own almond milk, I used a store-bought almond milk, 
which added more sugar into my smoothie. Then I was running, which I don't like, jumping, not my thing, lifting weights, which was kind of fun, but doing lots of squat high wall balls and burpees. Yeah, nobody likes that. (laughs) So why was I gaining weight? Well, after doing a lot of research on this, I've come to learn that hormones have a lot to do with it, especially for women. And as a woman in midlife, I can honestly say that it isn't so much calories, not that I've counted them, but a combination of what foods we eat, how we eat them, quality sleep, exercise, yoga, walking, and other less stress-inducing forms of exercise, let me just say that, and balancing hormones. I think we can all agree that dieting doesn't work for women. Yes, eating plenty of fresh fruits and veggies is good. Salads, steamed vegetables, lots of water, always good. But there's also hormonal imbalance to consider. One hormone in particular that I'm finding out why I am gaining weight or why it's contributing to my weight gain recently is cortisol. I was feeling great after losing the weight that didn't budge from CrossFit and strenuous exercise. And after I quit CrossFit and then I quit sugar, I dropped two dress sizes and finally had a flat belly. Yes, I did brag a bit about that. (laughs) And I felt like I'd never have to be so bloated again. Quitting sugar and getting good sleep was my one-two punch to stubborn menopausal weight gain. And yet, I have gained weight again. Over the past three months, I signed up for a high-intensity interval boot camp. I call it baby boot camp because it's only 30 minutes. It's not soul-crushing and bone-crushing like CrossFit. (laughs) It's pretty easy. I also started working full-time as a massage therapist at a day spa. Also, this is why I haven't been as active in creating new episodes here, so forgive me for that. I've just been stuck in a room with massage music, giving massages all day. But these two events, starting boot camp and working full-time, have coincided with this weight gain. So I had to think about this. Hmm. And to add, I had also started a plant-based hormone replacement regimen of estrogen cream in the morning and a progesterone pill at night for six months. Well, that might be it too. It's supposed to help, but I don't know. Now at the spa, I'm booked back to back without a lunch break, which means going for long stretches throughout the day from late morning until the end of the day without food, not eating enough, long stretches of not eating at all, missing my most important meal of the day, which is lunch, and then eating whatever for dinner because I am so freaking hungry. I'm not cooking at home like I used to. Instead, I'm picking up burritos, snacking on chips and hummus, eating a handful of almonds, And one time after work, I thought I was going to faint while driving home. (laughs) And this was stressful. 
not eating, working all day on other people, giving my energy in a dark room so I'm out of my circadian rhythm because I didn't see the sunlight until the end of the day and then it gets dark, going home at night, devouring a burrito before bedtime. And I'm pretty sure my body was storing fat as my cortisol was screaming high from stress. Oh, the irony of being a stressed massage therapist. (laughs) Now, this type of stress is also called burnout. It is adrenal fatigue. And this is not a made-up thing because I can tell you how it feels. Adrenal fatigue is not a good feeling. After a long day working at the spa, I felt zapped and drained of all my vitality because I'm giving it to everyone else. And my body felt heavy. I had a bone deep exhaustion. And the next day was a recovery from that fatigue and lack of food. I call it work hangover. And what I found from reading and researching is that excess cortisol, insulin, and other hormonal imbalances, including estrogen dominance, but in my case, maybe not, um, thyroid issues, low testosterone, and problems with the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal control system, I just said that completely without tripping up, (laughs) are the root cause of weight gain. And what I know is that I cannot continue doing this. So I've decided something's got to give. First, a reset. Checking my nutrient deficiencies by blood work. As I've mentioned in a previous episode, I use Inside Tracker and I am due, actually overdue, to test my blood again to see what's going on, if my supplementing is working for me, and other details so that I can find balance. And if you're interested, go back to the episode about Inside Tracker. Then, uh, hormone replenishment is key. It's absolutely key. Um, And you can do this in a variety of ways. As my postmenopausal symptoms are not optimal, frankly, that's a whole episode itself. And bioidentical hormones are also something to look at if you require it. Now, I thought it was a seesaw of just estrogen and progesterone. Yeah, okay, testosterone. We know that's a thing too. But it's much more complex. It's also cortisol. Now cortisol can cause other hormones to go off balance. Your body makes cortisol in response to stress. High cortisol levels deplete happy brain chemistry. Hello. Take serotonin, for example. It can disrupt your sleep and cause our bodies to store fat especially in the belly area. Yep, that's what was happening. High cortisol is likewise linked to depression, eating too much or too little, and sugar cravings. Okay, let me tell you guys. I was at the spa about a month ago. I was standing in the lounge waiting for one of my clients to um, undress and get under the sheet and be ready. And as I was standing there, another client was waiting for his massage with another therapist and he rubbed his belly and he said congratulations to me (laughs) and I looked at him and I said congratulations and he says yeah 
and he rubbed his belly again. I realized that this man thought that I was expecting, and I said to him, no, I I have two teenage daughters and a grown son. That was a long time ago, and he was very embarrassed, and I was just sort of kind of used to it. So pregnant belly, bloated belly, whatever it is for you, just try to look at your cortisol because this can be probably the the root cause of, of course, we know it's very complex, but of one of the things that could be causing it to be difficult to lose weight, in particular in the belly area. Now, I, I, I've gotten so used to people asking if I'm pregnant that um, that's why I was so excited when I lost that weight, because I no longer had that little bit of belly. And that was a really exciting moment. So I want to get back to that. So I'm, I'm looking at what's going on. Now, I suspect it's too much cortisol. This is my suspicion. I know there are tests that I can do, so I'm going to do that. But if this is you and you've been struggling like me, maybe there is something you can do about it. And it isn't just a matter of not eating a lot and, you know, curbing your diet and eating just you know, raw veggies or whatever you think it's going to be. It's, it's really complex. So it's something that I have been trying to figure out for quite some time. And I want to help you with that too. So too much cortisol. Here's a, a list that I found online. It said, too much cortisol can lead to Cushing syndrome, which is something I was like, what is that? I don't know. Symptoms include high blood pressure. Well, yep, that's been something I've been struggling with. A flushed face. No, I don't have that. Muscle weakness. Nope, not me. Increased thirst. Nope. Urinating more frequently. Well, I drink a lot of water, so. (laughs) Changes in mood. Feeling irritable or low. Maybe. Not sure. Rapid weight gain in the face and abdomen. Well, yeah. Osteoporosis. Well, gosh, come on, guys. That's going to take a long time. (laughs) Bruises or purple stretch marks appearing on the skin. Mm, Nope. Decreased sex drive. Mm, Yeah. So obviously, I don't have Cushing syndrome, and that would require a doctor's diagnosis. But I do know I am pretty, pretty sure that I have too much cortisol. So I'm going to look at that. Now, too much cortisol can also cause other conditions and symptoms, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, fatigue, impaired brain function, (laughs) and infections, but they don't specify what infection, so that's kind of vague, but that's what I pulled off the internet. So if you make too much cortisol like me, you get a bloated belly, people ask if you're pregnant, (laughs) if you feel depleted, if you feel irritable and you gain weight, check your cortisol levels. If this high cortisol hormone imbalance and stress goes on and on, if you feel like you have no energy, if you have kind of a negative mindset and you're not, you don't usually, um, if you have a weakened immune system and you may be prone to thyroid problems, yep, fun times. Those are all the things that can be thrown off balance when you have high cortisol. 
Now, self-care is not a flaky millennial catchphrase, okay? It is an absolute must. Lowering cortisol is the key focus. So I found that a daily yoga routine, going to bed early, cutting out caffeine, sugar, and processed foods, and getting into a daily rhythm of early morning quiet upon awakening, like when I sit and I have my tea and I look at my garden, that's really nice, and no screens at night. That, all these things have helped. No screens at night. I know, it's hard. (laughs) Also for me, I've had to switch from boozy booch to sparkling water with lemon or lime. Yes, I am a lover of boozy booch. Now, apple cider vinegar tonics can replace the fizzy, sugary kombucha drink habit that is better for your gut health. Yeah, I had found a couple of these boozy uh, kombuchas that I was drinking kind of on the regular. Um, And I loved them, number one, because they were very um, minimal in ingredients. They didn't contain a ton of sugar. Um, But you know what? I think that was part of the problem. Now you can eat a bite of dark chocolate. There's some great sugar-free dark chocolate out there. I love Lakanto brand chocolate, which is sweetened with monk fruit. That's monk fruit, M-O-N-K, fruit, monk, like a monk. My favorite thing. I love that chocolate. Then there's plant medicine. That's what we're going to get into now. Ashwagandha. Let's talk about that. It's an adaptogen. It helps reset cortisol. I'm looking also at rhodiola. Um, Also, if you've been a sugar addict, um, try to lower your intake of sugars. Take a look at all the sugars that you're eating. Um, What I did was I tracked my, my meals every day and then I looked at how much uh, sugar, even if it's natural sugar, I eat a lot of apples. Um, Just try and look at that compared to your protein and carbohydrates and look at the carbs. Now, don't be afraid of carbs, but look at the type of carbs you're eating. Now, this is life-changing, but I understand it's not an easy thing. For quite a long time, I've managed to curb sugar cravings with the green apple, or a small bowlful of blueberries, but I get it, it's not the same as cookies or cake or all of those yummy things. And I'm not saying never eat it ever, I'm just saying eat it once in a while. Now, find a good OB-GYN because you want a good OB-GYN. Mine is amazing, I love her. Check your hormone levels. When you have too much estrogen, this may cause weight gain, mood swings, just moodiness, and heavy periods if you have them. If not, like me, if you just don't want anything to do with anybody and everyone's annoying, (laughs) you may feel like you're in middle school. I'm not sure if this has to do with estrogen or the lack of, or... I'm just turning into Diane Keaton and something's got to give. I'm going to start wearing the coastal grandma look. (laughs) I'm going to start wearing turtlenecks and now I'm kidding. Um, 
I just want to say that um, this is a little bit of a touchy subject, but when you have low libido, it can bother you a lot. And it may you may not be aware of it. You may think, oh, well, this is just the time in my life when I just don't need this. But really look at that. If things aren't happening in the bedroom and you're just not into it, and you're having issues with that. That's another th- another fun thing that happens postmenopausal is that thing where you have painful sex. And that is not fun. So please, 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 if this is bothering you and you don't know what to do about it and you're keeping it to yourself, talk to your OBGYN about it. This is something you can fix. Promise. And this is something I'm working on. Another problematic culprit may be your thyroid. When the thyroid isn't functioning well, it can cause weight gain, fluid retention, hair loss, thinning, depression, and all of these fun things. So please go check your thyroid. Now, we're going to get into what to do about it. Avoid processed foods. Yeah. Just ditch the bag of chips. Refined carbohydrates, sugars, and sugar substitutes from your diet. Sugar substitutes meaning things that are not plant-based, so chemicals. Yeah, yucky Splenda and all that weird stuff. Just stay away. Eat more whole foods, less processed. That's just kind of my motto. Do what you can. Don't be too hard on yourself if you slip and you eat a whole container of buffalo cauliflower from Veggie Grill. I've done it. Yeah, it's cauliflower, but it's breaded and fried, and you are a hungry human, so that's okay. But try and make a few micro changes. Replace refined sugars with fruit and sweetener like monk fruit, which is a plant-based sweetener, and that is something that diabetics can also use, and it tastes just like sugar, in my opinion. Now, I avoid bananas, and my kids think I'm weird, but I do not put bananas in my smoothies anymore because it's just a really high sugar content. But apparently, bananas help lower cholesterol, uh, cholesterol cortisol. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how you feel about bananas, if they work for you, but bananas don't work for me. Make your own almond milk. Now, store-bought milk has a bunch of stuff in it, or rather store-bought milk alternatives, not milk itself, which we know that's a whole thing. The dairy industry, don't get me started. But obviously, if you're listening to Plantful Life, you're probably not drinking dairy. So store-bought milk alternatives have a lot of extra stuff that your body does not know what to do with. In a previous episode, I talk with founder of uh, Malibu milk and we had a really great discussion about flax milk and that was a whole thing. If you are at all curious, do go back to the previous episode on Plantful Life with founder of Malibu milk, Brittany Fuis. She has her whole journey that she shares on that episode and how she started creating flax milk 
And that is a very delicious store-bought alternative that I will recommend because she uses nothing but pure ingredients. But a lot of these store-bought milk alternatives do have a lot of extra things in it that you just don't really want to take in. But keep it simple. Use whole ingredients. Get a, um, I have an almond cow. (laughs) No, it's not an actual cow. I go and milk my almonds in the morning, but it is a little um, pitcher that you make almond milk out of. And you can also make other types of milk alternatives. Like I love to make pumpkin seed milk. Um, I also make a cashew creamer. There are plenty of recipes out there on the internet. So do some searching and find what works for you if you're curious and you're interested. Now, I don't like to use the term eating clean, so let me interpret this as eat whole food, such as red or orange bell peppers chopped up and used as chips in homemade hummus instead of actual chips. Make those kinds of changes. And just do something every day. Walking, yoga, nothing crazy, not crazy cardio, something like, well, bar classes, Pilates, keep it moderate, sweat but don't die, okay? Walk, hike, bike, swim, and dance. Another thing that can help us lower cortisol is sleep, getting good sleep. Now we all know seven to eight hours of sleep is ideal. I use uh, low lighting, those pink Himalayan salt lamps, I love those. I like candles. I create a bedtime ritual, a hot bath, bedtime tea. I love sleep music. I also love listening to sleep stories. And eventually I will narrate some of my own when I create more audio recordings that I plan to share on sleep apps. But um, I do have a few favorite narrators that I listen to. And then I just fall asleep listening to their story. It's really wonderful. Staying asleep is another matter, but I'm finding what works well for me to fall asleep and stay asleep. That's because after our 30s and going into our 40s, estrogen, estrogen, yeah, let me just say that 5,000 times, estrogen, estrogen, estrogen. (laughs) An imbalance can cause depression and low libido. Also, a drop in serotonin can cause depression or mood swings. So if there's anyone that you can um, find to help you figure this out, I do highly recommend doing your blood work and working with someone on this because also low thyroid levels, as I'd mentioned before, can have an effect as well. So it's complex. There are no quick fixes but rebalancing and finding what works for you does take some self-care. Managing food cravings, resetting your biochemistry, it does take some time, but eventually you will feel better and eventually you will lose weight and you will balance your hormones and you will find things that work for you. Now, nutrient-dense food, as you know, Here on Plantful Life, this is something that I say time and time again, like a good mom, eat your fruits and vegetables. Now, the amount of food affects the balance of 
the brain chemistry as well. So, um, you know, if you eat a lot now, you can't really go wrong eating a lot of fresh fruits and veggies, but other things, if you overeat, and can throw things off as well. Overeating and undereating creates blood sugar imbalances. Like when I was undereating or not eating for long periods of time, which doesn't work for me at all. I know some people can do it. I can't. I can't go that long without food. It just really messes me up. So it can really mess you up. Um, also, adding essential fatty acids and amino acids helps rebuild normal serotonin and dopamine levels, both of which help you eat what's right for your body and keeps you from under or overeating. So it helps you balance your, your appetite. Now, lowering stress and creating more ease in your daily routine is something that's easily said, I know, but do try to be mindful of what's stressing you out. Write it down if you have to. Write down all the things that stress you out. And what I've been doing in my uh, coaching class, I've been training to be a life coach uh, with a group of women and we were just talking about what stresses us out and then we write it down and then we write down the opposite of that and that becomes our new power motto. And I can't wait to share that with you because that's something that I'm going to be certified in at the end of the year. And then I will be a certified manifestation life coach. So I'm very excited to share that information with you, but I'm not there yet. I'm right now I'm in the coaching part where my mentor is coaching me. So I'm learning all of these things to share with others. So lowering stress. So I wrote down five things, five top things that stress me out, the, the sources of my stress. And then I created a power motto to oppose that. And then I say those things every day. So that really helps me a lot. It also helps me pinpoint exactly what causes stress. And that way I can figure it out and reverse it. I also do a morning meditation and gratitude journaling, um, 15 minutes of yoga. Just try and do that. I, I use an app, Down Dog app is my favorite, um, and I just do 15 minutes of yoga. Um, have a lovely moment of uh, quiet to yourself if you can. If you can't, try and find it. I know when my children were little, that was impossible but if it means you have to get up a little bit early, which I always tried to do so that I could have that time, um, didn't always happen, but you know, you do what you can do. So skip the coffee and go for a morning cup of tea. Also some foods that may help to keep cortisol levels stable, dark chocolate, bananas and pears, black or green tea, probiotics, probiotics in food, foods that have soluble fiber, drink plenty of water to avoid dehydration because we know water is our friend. Keep those cortisol levels low. Now, Starbucks lovers, you're probably not going to like what I have to say, but avoid caffeine, especially in the late afternoon. I sip on matcha lattes in the morning 
but I rarely have one in the afternoon. Even though green tea is pretty mellow on caffeine, it does take about eight hours for caffeine to flush out of the system. So trust me when I say you can overdo caffeine. You could even overdo caffeine and die. Just ask the ghost of 19th century writer Balzac, who died of caffeine poisoning. So don't drink 50 iced caramel macchiatos, okay? Girl, skip the Starbucks. Go for some hydrating water. <laughs> now here's the plant medicine to lower cortisol. You ready? Adaptogenic herbs. Number one, ginkgo biloba. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but it took me a while to figure out how to say that. <laughs> ginkgo biloba or ginkgo is a botanical traditionally used in Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine. Now, you know those beautiful trees, those ginkgo trees, gorgeous, right? Now, the, the uh, ginkgo tree and, um, you know, it's just gorgeous, but it's also good for improving energy and reducing fatigue. And it's clinically proven to reduce cortisol as well. So that's really awesome, right? In fact, one study found that supplementing with ginkgo helps keep blood pressure rates and cortisol levels steady for times of stress. So times of stress could be your whole life. Like, I don't know, but it could help. So uh, it's recommended 120 milligrams a day of ginkgo biloba to um, have any cortisol lowering effect. So 120 milligrams a day, that's the recommended dose. Of course, like anything, consult someone. If you have a naturopath, ask them. Ashwagandha. Now we hear all about ashwagandha these days. It is a potent anti-stress herb used to promote relaxation and increases energy. Now, recent research shows that ashwagandha has powerful effects for lowering stress hormones like cortisol with no reported adverse effects. So the optimal anti-stress dosage would be 30 milligrams of 30, 300. <laughs> what am I talking about? High concentration, full spectrum ashwagandha extract. Now I have one that I love. I use a Symbiotica brand. I can put the link in the show notes for you, but that one really works well for me. Now, rhodiola. This powerful herb is amazing. It was used by the Vikings for in inexhaustible energy and strength. So whether or not that's true, I don't know, but that's what I found online, that Vikings used it. Um, I have a lot of Viking in my in my family tree. So I have lots of Vikings up there way back in the day. And so maybe I should start using this, right? Maybe I should just be more of a Viking and use rhodiola. Now rhodiola extract exerts an anti-fatigue effect, increases mental performance, and particularly the ability to concentrate. So if you really need to focus, rhodiola is your friend. It also has anti-stress effects. So the re recommended dose is 200 milligrams of high quality extract two times daily. Now again, as with anything, consult a naturopath or someone that would have knowledge of these herbs because they're powerful. So you wanna make sure 
that you're getting the right dosage for you. I always start out really low. I start out way lower than the recommended dosage. That's, I kind of see how my body responds to it, and then I go from there. Now, rhodiola is an adaptogen. It has anti-fatigue and anti-stress properties. It increases mental and physical performance while under stress. So um, it's really, really good. Another one which is uh, comparable is schizandra, schizandra, <laughs> spelled S-C-H-I-Z-A-N-D-R-A, schizandra. That is uh, something that pairs really well with rhodiola and ginseng, which is also a recommended herb for reducing cortisol and stress. Ginseng is the um, one that I think we all know is an adaptogenic herb. It regulates the immune system and hormonal response to stress. This is due to its content of medicinal saponins, which suppress cortisol production while easing stress-related depression and anxiety. So ginseng, who knew? Ginseng extract recommendation is one to two grams containing 10.5% of the active ginseng asides. Um, that's really scientific. So again, consult someone on this. Um, or if you have a good resource for ginseng, um, just try out a little low dose, see what happens. Now, maca. Maca is amazing. Okay, I know I sound really Californian when I say that, but the roots of the cruciferous maca plant have been used as an energizing therapeutic food for centuries. Maca root contains medicinal compounds known as alkaloids, which improve adrenal and thyroid functioning. This results in a decrease of cortisol, along with an increase of adaptive anti-stress hormones like progesterone. Yes, progesterone, we love progesterone. These effects are likely responsible for maca's energizing and natural antidepressive properties. Supplementing with maca, well, I guess it just depends on what you find, um, but you can mix one teaspoon of the powder in your favorite smoothie once a day, and I think that'll do it. So thank you so much for listening this far. I really appreciate you as a listener here on Plantful Life podcast, and I'm still figuring this out. I will keep you updated on if I reduce my cortisol levels. I'm also going to test soon, so we'll see where my cortisol levels are at. Now I know that when we do blood work, it's a snapshot of you know where we are in that day. It may not be consistent, but I do know that I have had symptoms of high cortisol. So I'm gonna see if that has anything to do with my weight gain and my pregnant looking belly. <laughs> which I happen to love. I, I really also think another thing is self-love. Now, this is something that we all could, you know, kind of try and practice a little bit more is just being loving. You know, when we feel like we've gained weight, we're being hard on ourselves. And, you know, when you look back at photos of yourself a couple years ago, or maybe a number of years ago, and you remember back then you were being really hard about how you looked like you were looking at yourself. You were being so critical. But then you look at that photo and you go, wow, 
I look really good. Yeah. So remember that. Remember that you can be your own worst critic, that nobody is really judging you. You can be so judgmental of yourself and so hard on yourself. And and maybe I'm speaking about me, but I do know that a lot of people, especially women, we can be really critical of ourselves. And I just want you to consider every time that you hear yourself in your head being critical of yourself and you look in the mirror and you're criticizing your body, just remember that you could one day look back on a photo of you and realize how beautiful you are. So be loving. Love yourself unconditionally. Be gentle with yourself and know that Yes, you can make all of these dietary changes and you can do all of these things which are ultimately self-care and you can also enjoy the things that you enjoy, that it doesn't have to be extreme and that you are beautiful just as you are. So thank you so much for listening. I hope to bring you more plantful episodes soon. I have a few exciting guests to bring on the show I am setting up some of those interviews and I look forward to bringing those interviews and more plantful episodes. So stick around and thanks for joining me here on Plantful Life. Hey, thanks so much for listening this far. I just wanted to tell you, if you're a fan of Plantful Life Podcast, please give it a five-star rating and review on iTunes. You can also connect with me on Instagram at the Stephanie Diane, and Diane is spelled with two N's. And my blog, Plantful Kitchen, it will be part of a rebrand I'm in the process of. So eventually I'll have a new website which offers much more than plant-based recipes, such as manifestation coaching, which I've been in the process of learning, and I will be certified as a manifestation coach very soon. But until that launches, you can best find me on Instagram at the Stephanie Diane. Thanks for listening.